Welcome to the DY Media One podcast recorded by the media program at Dennis Yarmouth Regional High School. In these shows, we will discuss news and issues addressed to the DY School District and the communities of Dennis and Yarmouth. Welcome back to the Conspiracy Theory Podcast. My name is Bryn Hutton. I'm joined with Mr. Wynnum, Ian Torres, and Savannah Dolphine. Today we're going to be talking about the Somerton Man. So I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Wynnum to introduce the theory. Well, yeah, and the reason why I'm sitting in, because normally I don't like to sit in on your podcast, is, is this, this is a new semester, so we've got new people in the class, and we kind of want to show them how we do our professional quality podcasts. Yes. And we're starting with an episode of a show that is already in... It's already established. And has been for, what, four years? Yep. So I'm horning yeah. in. I'm butting in just for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, story of the Somerton Man. I, I love this story. December 1948, December 1st, 1948, in southern Australia, which means that it is summertime, the body of a man is found sitting on the beach. He's fully dressed in a suit. He is well-groomed, shaven, clean, his shoes are polished, and he could have easily been mistaken, and in fact was mistaken, as somebody who was just kind of taking a nap in the early morning sun, or a guy who had slept on the beach that night. But who he was, how he died specifically, and how he got to the beach are still unknown to this day, and we're coming up on 75 years later. Nobody knows who the Somerton man was. So the first thing to imagine is that you are walking down the beach, going for a morning walk it's like six six o'clock in the morning and there's the dead body of a man sitting there in a suit shaven as if as if he was already in the casket and somebody put him took him out of the casket and put him on the beach that's so freaky <laughs> yes oh, yeah oh yeah 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 but it gets that's that's just the tip of the weird iceberg. Do you want to throw in some stuff? Yeah, so at first, uh, it was suspected that the cause of death was heart failure or some kind of poisoning, but when they looked into it and performed an autopsy, they couldn't find any sort of trace of a poison or any cause of death, but they did notice that his spleen was enlarged and he had traces of internal bleeding but they still didn't have a cause of death. And no signs of external violence on his body. No external violence. So they still had nowhere to point. They don't know if there, if there was foul play involved, if this was him taking his own life, if it was an accidental death. They have no idea and what happened. He was fairly young, and they said he was in good shape. He was in his 40s. They checked his fingerprints, checked his dental records, no, nothing, nothing came back. Nothing whatsoever. And he had no wallet, no ID, and all of the tags on his clothes were cut out. So they couldn't even identify where his clothes were from. So somebody took the trouble of going through all of his clothes and cutting out all the name brands so that you couldn't tell where the clothes were bought or who had manuf- manufactured them. He did have some things in his pockets. Would you like to hear what he had in his pockets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had an unused second-class rail ticket. He had a bus ticket from a city that may or may not have been used. He had a, an aluminum comb, hair comb, that was manufactured in the United States. He had a half-empty pack of juicy fruit gum. 
He had a quarter full box of Bryant and May matches. This is all, I got this all from Wikipedia. I just want to <laughs> credit to my source. But the most, this actually, the second most interesting thing that was found on his person was a cigarette packet of Army brand cigarettes that had seven cigarettes in them of a different brand. So he had an Army brand cigarette pack, but the cigarettes inside were not Army brand cigarettes. And they... No one could figure out who this man was, so they put his picture wherever they could. They put it in the newspaper. They broadcasted it. No one could identify this man. They even had people coming from different places to look at the body, which to me is so strange. But then I think about it, and it's 1948. <laughs> but I'm just like yeah. people taking a field trip. Pe- people had just come through a war. They were, yeah, yeah. They... People t- taking a field trip to just look at this dead guy to see if they know who it is. And no one could figure out who it was. No one had any clue who this man could be. And four months later, they found a pocket. Wait, oh, wait can, I, can I, before we get to that, no, 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 because... Because I think I think the other thing comes first. What thing? About the, su- the suitcase. Oh, do the, you have the, the suitcase? Month. Yeah, that was a month after, right? So wasn't it? I've got. Oh I, yeah, that was on no, my other page. Here's one of the weird things, is that a lot of the stories don't match up. Because mm-hmm. I've got two weeks for the suitcase. Oh, I have a month. You have a month. I have it. I have it being a month after. Okay, so there there is some discrepancy, and there's a huge discrepancy mm-hmm. when we get to the other thing. Yeah, I have not. the suitcase being dropped off, uh, being found a month after, but being dropped off the day before he was found. The suitcase was dropped off the day before he found at the local railway station. So a suitcase was found at the local railway station. And here's how they connected it to him, okay? It was there since the day before the body was discovered. It contained mostly like regular everyday items, except I think he was missing socks. Like yeah, there were socks. no socks. It had an unusual piece of thread that was not sold in Australia. It was sold in the United States. It was like a, a wax thread that and was used, uh, the same kind that was used to repair part of the pants that was found on the man. So they knew that that threat, they knew that they could tie the suitcase to him because of the threat. And once again, all identifying tags had been removed except. From, there were two, or there were a couple items of clothing that had a brand on it called Keen, but they had two different types of spellings for Keen. So they had. K-E-A-N-E, and then some would have K-E-A-N. And some of them had the, had the initial T, as in T uh, Keen, yeah. as if his name was Tom Keen or Ted Keen or mm-hmm. Tony Keen or... I can go on forever. Thomas Keen. Thomas Keen. Thomas Keen. But no one knows. And, and they searched all the missing persons records, and there was no T Keen missing in any English-speaking country that they could come up with. What What is your, do you have any theories? I think that this guy is very discreet with what he's doing because he hasn't been caught. Like, I know I shouldn't say this, but, like, he's very smart with his kill. Oh, the killer is? Yeah. Or the, or the, or the body is? The killer is. Oh, okay, all right. So, so you think he was a murderer? 
Yeah. You don't think that the Somerton man himself removed all the tags from his clothes? Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, see, every time you, <laughs> see, every time you get an idea, it flips, <laughs> it flips over, and then there's another side to it. Do you have a theory? Wait, so, wait, what year is this? 1948. 1948. So, is this, this is real, or? This is absolutely this is real. real. Wait, wait, like, re- this, yeah. is a, this is a true story. Oh, I thought... <laughs> oh, no, no, this is completely real. Yeah, they actually just happened. exhumed his body right before COVID because they were going to re- they were going to do, do DNA testing on it, and then COVID happened, and you know people have oh, other stuff to do. Okay. No, they're still trying to figure out. Seventy five years later, they still don't know who this man is. That's crazy. Wait, so it's some guy that he's on a beach, just like snoozing. In nineteen forty eight. Yeah. Only he's not snoozing. The sun comes up. <laughs> Imagine seeing and, that. And no one knows how, he's, walking, how he died. Like nope. He's not in his swim trunks. He's not. It's not like he's washed, washed up on the beach. He's just like like leaning against a post. Like fully clothed. It's just this weird wall on the beach just rested up against it. Fully clothed in a suit that was like pressed recently. You could tell that the suit had just been pressed. He's clean shaven. His shoes are polished. He's completely dry. And, and oh, wow. they say that if he had been poisoned, he probably would have been sick. He would have been throwing mm-hmm. up. No signs of him throwing up or anything right. around him. So no heart attack, right? You said... They, had, they couldn't find any signs of a heart attack. They first thought it was a heart attack. It was not a heart attack. Because the way that the body's positioned, you would think if it's a heart attack, he probably would have had oh, his yeah. hand over his heart or something. But the body's laying there completely fine, which is why... People thought that he was just sleeping for a while. Yeah. Because a lot of people walked past this body and thought that he was just sleeping. A lot of people saw him before anyone got suspicious or anything. And some people saw him the night before Mm -hmm. and claimed that they saw him moving, that he was moving around, but that they thought that maybe there was something wrong with him, that he might have been drunk and was trying to sleep on the beach they weren't sure but they definitely saw him moving and they estimate yeah. that he died sometime around 2 a.m. There's even reports huh. there's a report of one man saying that he the night before had seen a man carrying another man over his shoulder onto that same beach. So we don't know if that is the killer carrying this body onto the beach and placing him there or what this is. And it's a small town. This is oh, a small this coastal is, town. This is just, this is Adelaide, Australia. This is not like, this isn't Melbourne or anything like that. This is not a huge place in Australia. This is just like, this isn't something that happens every day there. <laughs> like no one has yeah. any idea what's happening. That's tricky. Yeah. Okay. Why, don't, why don't you get to the crazy hidden, Okay. the hidden piece. So four months after the body was discovered, they found a sewn-in pocket into the man's pants that so you, had... You know how, like, on, on my even on my jeans here, a lot of jeans will have, like, a smaller pocket inside yeah. the pocket? Mm-hmm. It's called a fob pocket. It's where you might put a pocket watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so in this pocket, there was a rolled-up piece of paper, which they took out and discovered that it was from this book. Well, first they saw th- there was a phrase... Yeah. In Persian or Iranian or Farsi, which I guess are... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the... Like, I had heard it described as Persian. I heard Persian. And But but then when I looked up Persian, they said, also known as Farsi, yeah. the, langu- the language of I- Iran. 
so we don't know for sure, but I heard it described as Persian. But so it's it's there's a phrase, two word phrase written in Persian. Go ahead. So this phrase is Taman Shud, which means it is ended, which it directly translates to it is ended or finished or the end. And they found that this is from a book called the Rubaiyat, um, which was a book kind of about like transience and um, living a good life, living a good life and stuff like that. And it's a very famous book. It's the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, Omar Khayyam and I've, I've read it. It's, it's a book of poems, um, very popular book of poems. So, <laughs> so the police have this scrap of paper. Okay, and they put it in the newspaper, and they say that it's from this book, and they say we're we're look. It's we we appears to be torn from a book called the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, and a guy comes forward and says, "I was on the now." And there, this is another one where there are differing stories. So you might. And have this a isn't until story. eight months later that he comes forward. Right, and he says, "I happen to have a copy of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam." with a page torn out that I found in my car. And he says that it, he found it in his car that was parked outside of Somerton Beach the day that the man was found. He says that he left his window down and that he came back and the book was just in his car, but didn't come forward until eight months later, even though the cops were looking for this book for four months. So here oh, you got mad suspicious. <laughs> like, right. like, like imagine like somebody goes into the DUI library and rips out a single corner of a single page the, and then puts the book back, right? Trying to find that book would be a needle in a haystack. They they just they just know it's from some book somewhere. And next thing you know, a guy shows up and is like, I think I have the book. And it is the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. Mm -hmm. And they take the piece of paper and it lines up perfectly. It is the same book. So the book that was thrown in the back of his car is the same book that the piece of paper was torn out of, rolled out of, and put in the fob pocket of the Summerton man before he died or after he died. We don't know. And as they're looking through this book, they get to a page that has a phone number written in it and some weird code with what was it like five lines yes i've got it here oh w-r-g-o-a-b-a-b-d-m-l-i-a-o-i-w-t-b-i-m-p-a-n-e-t-p-x and it goes on from there it's five lines of random letters that they think is some kind of code that no one has ever been able to crack so there's the imprint as if somebody put a piece of paper and wrote this stuff down and left the imprint on the last pages of the book and written in pencil is a phone number. And this number leads them to a woman named Jessica Thompson. Now before we, should we ask them what, 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 oh. what do you, now what do you think it is? Oh yeah. So now I, knowing <laughs> with this book, the number, the code. I love, I mean this is, <laughs> radio, podcasting is not a visual medium, but if you can see the look on Savannah's face, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like weird this is a weird like story it's terrifying it, like it it takes so many more turns from here too it's it just, just keeps like, getting weirder it's a very messy it mm -hmm. is it's a very messy story <laughs>
with no yeah. no solution. Like, I know, like you didn't even figure it out after seventy five right. years. Like what the hell? <laughs> we actually at one point that that we'll get to soon, they get like so close, like within inches of solving it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would get me so mad if I was working on that case. <laughs> so, what what is? Do you have a, a theory right now, Ian? Um, I'm pretty confused. Okay. <laughs> I. It seems like not real, but it but it is yeah. real because it's like confusing. I don't like. It feels like it would be a part of a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, but if it was like a, a Criminal Minds episode yes, or something. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about Jessica Thompson. All right. So this woman, they find her. Her name is Jessica Thompson. They bring her in. She's She gets interviewed, and she cries the entire time that she's being interviewed, but she denies knowing anything about this man. And No idea how her phone number ended no up in idea the book. How, no idea that her number's in the book. She doesn't know how it got there. They also discover that she also has a copy of the book. And then they bring her in to look at the body, and she almost faints. Well, she looks at what they show her, because at this Is, point, oh, yeah, yeah. the body has been buried, but they created a plaster cast of the body. So they can pull out the plaster cast and say, hey, here's what he looked like. Mm-hmm. So she looks at the cast of the body, nearly faints, and still denies knowing who this man is. Now, she nearly faints, even though she was a nurse during World War II. Mm-hmm. And probably saw some pretty awful things. But a plaster cast of a dead body causes her to nearly faint. She definitely knows who that guy is. Oh, absolutely. She <laughs> like 100%. Now, she can, I t- can I tell the next little yeah. bit? Okay, this is one of my favorite parts. She had an ex-boyfriend whose name, and I'm not making this up, is Alf Boxall. <laughs> what? Okay. His name is Alf Boxall. There's no way that's real. No, it's, it is it is real. And she had given him a copy of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. So police are thinking, case closed. The ex-boyfriend decides to come back, wants to get together with her. She doesn't want to get together. He's brokenhearted. He takes his own life on the beach. Done. The Somerton man is Alf Boxall. Except, but no. There's one little problem. There's a problem with this theory. He's still alive. Alive and well, and still has his copy of the book. Still has his copy. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's not. It's not him. Jessica Thompson also had a daughter who came forward and said that her mother had confessed to her that she knew the identity of the man, but wouldn't say and could not say. See, I knew she knew something. <laughs> she 100% knew she something. May, she may have more than known him. Jessica Thompson also had a son that was born, I think it was, I think he was born a little less than a year after the body was found. Yes. Something or something is, it was, it was around that time. Around that time who had almost identical dental records to the man. They were both missing their incisor teeth, which is a genetic condition that's very rare. And they had, there was some weird like development issue with part of their ear structure that's also genetic that both the son and the Somerton man had. So, so I'm pretty sure that the Somerton man was the father of Jessica Thompson's child. Why wouldn't you want to, like, identify the body just to see <laughs> who killed him? 
She was also overheard by her daughter several times speaking in Russian, even though her daughter did not know that she spoke Russian. This yeah. is a freaky family. <laughs> this is so weird. But that brings us to the theory that he could be a spy. They think that that's why he had no labels in his clothes and he had no identity. And that, that they think that that's why she couldn't identify him because she wasn't allowed to. And they think that they both could have been spies and that they weren't allowed to be in a relationship together, but then they were, and they weren't allowed to let anyone find out and that he was from the United States originally and then came to Australia and that that's how they met. And then he was killed there, but... But that's a great theory, but why kill him? It still doesn't explain why. About by who, but who... She would have... If they were in a relationship and in love, there would be no reason. Well, I don't think Jessica killed him. I don't think Jessica had anything to do with his death. I think I think the theory is that he was killed off by the government, and I th- they were uh, there was a lot of theories saying that Russia and Russian spies had a lot to do with his death, and that he could have been killed off by Russian spies, and that's why the woman knew Russian, is they both could have had something to do with Russia, and that that's why he was killed. I don't think she had anything to do with his death. But her daughter did say. I think my mom, my mother confessed that she knew who he was. Yeah. So the spy theory <laughs> is one theory. There have been some, there have been other misidentifications over the years, mm-hmm. um, most of which I believe have been ruled out. Does anybody have an alternate? I have two alternate theories that I would like to put forth. But I'm curious about if anybody else has any other theories before I put two my two my two alternate theories. I I don't have anything uh, logical. I'd probably, I'm thinking like aliens or like some like crab came up or something. Okay. That was one of my two theories. <laughs> so that's, that's all I got. Right. Like, like he was a guy who was sleeping on the beach. The aliens came and picked him up. Right. And they were going to do their alien experiments. So they put him to sleep, but they gave him too much alien juice and he started dying and they're like, whoopsie doodle. And they just zoomed right back down, put him back on the beach, and zoomed away. <laughs> and then he died from that. You watch way too much Star Trek. At this, at this point, <laughs> that sounds... <laughs> that sounds... Like, yeah. That, but how does that explain Jessica? It could be that she was an alien. And how does that, ex- <laughs> how does that explain the book? It has ended. How does that explain that? Alien? I feel like that's... His mission has ended. Aliens have very, very weird habits. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know any aliens personally and know that their habits are strange? Well, I mean, I, uh, from TV, I do. I, knew, like, I know Mr. Spock. And <laughs> Once again, you watch way too much Star Trek. <laughs> okay, so we have the spy theory oh and we have the alien theory. Savannah, do you have another theory you'd like to put forward? I don't have a theory right now. But do you think that, like, so the guy might have been murdered, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that if he was actually murdered, do you think that the person is still alive today or dead? Depending on wh- how old they were when they killed. If him. he were alive today, the, the killer would be close to 100 years old, would be my guess. Assuming yeah, that he was in his be, 20s. Oh, right, they would have murderer. to be, like, 20, because yeah. now it's 75 years later almost. Yeah, so he That would, means that he was older than, like, a slice of bread. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. But, like, I just had to say it. Did you know that Betty White is older than yeah, a slice of bread? Yeah, she was older That's than crazy. slice of bread. She was, yeah. She, she almost made that round number. That means yeah. that she had to cut her own bread. Wait, so is this, Turtle. so is your theory that Betty White killed the Summerton Man? No. Okay. Right. That's, <laughs> That's, a, That's yeah. a bold theory. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very bold theory. That's a bold statement. Do you have an, an alternate theory apart from the spy theory? I, not one that I personally believe, but I saw a lot of people thinking that it could have been suicide. A lot of people said that it could have been some poison that digests really quickly that they couldn't have found a trace of, and that's why he had it is ended. But I feel like in that the that was a suicide note, but I feel like that's it's weird to hide it. And then throw the rest of the book away. And then throw the rest of the book away. Why wouldn't you put the book in the suitcase? Right, and then that still doesn't explain why... All the tags are cut out. It doesn't explain why no one can identify him. It doesn't explain why Jessica won't come forward. And that's why I, I just don't believe that theory. Here's my theory. And this is the best. It's even better than the alien theory. And you need to hear me out till the very end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. I'm scared. The Summerton man was actually a very highly complex ventriloquist dummy. The ventriloquist went out like sailing, okay? And he he brings his dummy with him because that's what they do. There was a shipwreck. The dummy being made of wood floated in, right? Are you with me so far? (laughs) Okay. And the ventriloquist himself has lost at sea forever. All right? But this is not your average ventriloquist dummy. This is like a very highly, like, looks like a real person. So much so that when the police and the coroner get him back to the coroner's lab, they misidentify him as a real person. With an enlarged spleen and internal bleeding. But here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Because the coroner and the police all suffered from an intense fear of puppets. <laughs> and I didn't were, know I was a coroner. And they were <laughs> That's so, a career change. They were so frightened by the idea that he was a puppet that they went into a kind of psychotic state. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. It's a shared psychosis now. No, no, no. It's called... It, 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 it has a name. It's called puppophobia. <laughs> Which I have. It is called puppophobia. Do you know, know that it's called puppophobia? Yeah, I have it. Then you should sympathize with this theory. <laughs> I don't because puppets don't have spleens. And they can't have internal bleeding. But if you're if you're a coroner and you're working on this thing and you realize that it's a puppet, wouldn't you, could you be so overcome with fear that you would hallucinate him having a spleen? No. Because I would notice it has a spleen and internal bleeding and that I can take dental records from it It, and fingerprints. It wouldn't have any markings on its clothes because ventriloquist dummies don't have, they don't buy regular clothes, right? They just come with the clothes that were made for them. Um, It would have had the thing in its pocket for a little trick for the show. So you're saying that it's a fake body? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we've never been able to figure out. And that's why Jessica couldn't identify it and couldn't say why. Because she was in a relationship with a puppet. 
No, because I think my guess is that she was in love with the ventriloquist. That's and that she knew that he was lost forever at sea. That part I may be making up on the fly. I think the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You don't like my theory? It sounds like a fever dream. It does. It sounds (laughs) like a fever dream. So I think I'm going to go with the spy theory. That's the only one that seems to hold any water. Papaphobia is real. (laughs) Yeah, it's very real, and I suffer from it every day. Hmm. You know what? I, I went to the eye doctor yesterday. Meanwhile, this is not a pediatric eye doctor, just for context. This is an adult eye doctor. Mm-hmm. My eye doctor had the Sesame Street stuffed animal characters on a shelf, and I took a picture of it because all I was trying to do was figure out why I can't see. And instead, I got greeted with, with like Elmo? traumatizing surprise. And what was, what was the reaction in your body when you saw those, those puppets? Fear. Fear. Enough that you might have made Look some at them. Yeah, I know. Sitting I there I taunting me. Yeah. This is them just looking at me. And, <laughs> and, and may I say that photos on your phone, great for radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the cover photo, Mr. Whatever. <laughs> it will be the <laughs> It's going to be the cover photo. Because you made a custom one for Toby's podcast. So now mine is going to be that photo. It's going to be the Sesame Street. Yeah, so people know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so they know what I mean. The context. Wait, wait, wait. I've just improved upon my theory. While the ventriloquist dummy was floating back to shore, a shark accidentally swum inside its, its, its coat. So when they went to do the autopsy, they were actually cutting open the dead shark. That's how they found a spleen. And that's where they were, they were like, wow, all these organs are in the wrong place. They would have mentioned that in the autopsy, though. Not if they were scared of puppets. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm going to end the podcast there. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time on the Conspiracy Theory Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the DUI Media One Podcast, a production of the Dennis Yarmouth Regional High School Media Program. If you'd like to explore other projects created by DUI students, check out DUI Media One on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify.